Hello and welcome to episode two of Crazy Pastors. I am your host, Christopher Cass. And I'm Ronnie Maria. In our last episode, we started this topic of staph infection. We're going to continue that today in this episode, focusing specifically on the hiring of staff. Yes. So we start with the pejorative here. So let's begin with our crazy stories of uh, what, have, what have you seen that is just wacko? Well, now I'm a neophyte when it comes to uh, hiring staff. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, there's definitely been some, some crazy things. We talk about the one degree of separation. We get into that more later. But probably the biggest mistake I've seen is people hiring either family members or really super close friends without any really consideration for the job. In fact, one story, I know uh, somebody, a friend close to me, was actually let go by a pastor. He'd been on staff for a few years and let go by a pastor because this pastor wanted his son to take that position. And so, I mean, it caused great hurt and damage, and it was all about nepotism. It was all because that was kind of the first step in adding his family members to the church staff, which is super unhealthy and just crazy. He was a crazy pastor. Well, it, it is it is strange when you have a church, and, and every time I think of church, I really think about medieval, gothic, you know, the cathedral church. I mean, that's kind of my mentality. Wow. I know it's the people, but I think about the enduring nature of the church. And so when you have... How old this, are you? <laughs> when you have this issue of nepotism and the church becomes a family business... Yes. There's, I just as a former businessman, I don't. There's nothing in that that feels healthy, good, or right. No, because I mean, one family member gets ticked off. Well, they're they're all going to get ticked off because they're you know connected, and so that's just dangerous. I mean, even the fact that I, I don't necessarily think it's it's rarely a good idea to have two family members on a staff of whatever capacity they're in. Well, certainly, it's it it leads to danger. Yes. Right. Your risk is increased when you do it. Now, yes. look, you and I both have served at churches where we have spouses or siblings right. serving in the same uh, staff, not reporting to each other, Yeah, but it, there, there's just a layer of complication there. But there's got to be guidelines. You know, there's got to be a certain way to handle that situation. And, you know, fortunately, it's been good situations, but I've seen other places it's gone terribly bad. Right. It's almost always a two for one. Yeah. Coming in and going out. Yeah. And that can be painful. Yeah. One of the stories that, that I had when I was uh, consulting for churches was uh, I was working with a, uh, a church and doing some HR evaluation, compensation, benefits, all that kind of stuff. And it was really surprising to me that the worship pastor in this particular environment, now he was more seasoned and tenured than the senior pastor, but he also made more money than the senior pastor. <laughs> Kind of like, uh, what wasn't that? Is it the Dallas Cowboys, right? Where that year where Jason Garrett made more money than Wade Phillips, the Wade, coach. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. How awkward is that for your direct That's report to make more money than you? That's not good. So that was what was happening in that situation. But beyond that, the worship pastor had hired his wife to be his full-time administrative assistant. And so now <laughs> together, that family was making about 150% of what the senior pastor was making. Wow. Yeah. That kind of breaks down a lot of things. You're you're waiting for a problem. Yeah, yeah, right? definitely. And plus, you know, the family members that live together and work together, that's a lot of strain, too. You know, there's no escape, <laughs> I right? can't imagine. Yeah, I mean, I can't, can't go home and talk about work because they're in it. So, anyway, it's just kind of usually a bad situation all around. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, we, we need to have some just quick practical helps on how churches can hire people well 
There are some little roadblocks and things that we've seen that are not really healthy in churches. Let me throw out one as an example. Okay. That uh, in a typical church, when a hiring decision needs to be made, more times than not, a committee is formed, a committee that is made up of a cross-section of the entire church congregation without necessarily a look towards, are these all HR professionals? Have they hired positions within the church before? Do they have any experience reviewing pastors? Right. And it seems to me that when you do it like that, although it's very congregational, yeah. that you're really setting yourself up for some, some problems when you do it like that. Yeah, I mean, the, the concept is good. It's a wide representation, but there's other ways to do that, uh, to make sure that, I mean, especially calling a pastor lead positions, they're going to want to influence the whole church. So this idea we need to get the whole church represented, I mean, that's a little bit out of touch because that person is going to want to connect and minister to everybody. So to set a committee up that way is not necessary. So how would you do it differently? Well, definitely as far as depending on the position, for example, our church, a search committee is formed to to hire, excuse me, Freudian slip, (laughs) uh, to hire the the lead pastor. And so after that, the different positions, that's with the the lead pastor and personnel or executive pastor, you know, because again, it's that people who go to church don't necessarily know how to lead a church. And there's that misconception. And so going after the people that you feel are going to be the best fit. If you're a leader, you need to know the DNA, the personality, the makeup of your staff and who you're trying to reach. And to ask people from the outside to come in and try to make that match. I mean, I've heard stories of pastors not even being involved in the search process yes. for lead positions. That's just insane to me. That's crazy. Yeah. When I was, uh, I was the chair of a search committee for a worship pastor at a church, and I was 24 years old. Yeah. And I'm sitting in there trying to lead this group of people that are all twice my age uh, on the search committee. And I'll never forget asking, reviewing all these resumes, and I said, uh, well, where's, where's the senior pastor? <laughs> Uh, Shouldn't he be in the room here reviewing these with us and making decisions on who we want to pursue and have interviews with? And in that context at that church, the senior pastor was not allowed to be a part of any conversation about who was going to serve for him. Yeah. And wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the the response is, well, I I trust these people and, and I trust the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I get that. That's part of it for sure. But God also gives us wisdom. You need to be involved in that and looking for the, the things that you're looking for. Well, you're right. You've got two problems there. You've got a pastor that abdicates mm, and yeah. says, oh, yeah, I trust him, which is yeah. highly naive. Yeah. Uh, and I don't mean that we're not trusting our people. Not that, Gosh, yeah. I didn't mean to say that. They just don't know. Yeah. I mean, how do they know how to hire someone for him to be a tissue match, one of those things we talk tissue about match, yes. a That's lot, good. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so how, how do you feel about search firms, about using a search firm or, you know, the well, matter of fact, you mentioned it a minute ago. Talk about the one degree of separation rule that we have. Yeah. So typically, churches looking for a position, they send out word. Usually, used to contact seminaries, associations. You get 200, 300 resumes, and you have to weed through all those. So the one degree of separation is either I know the person or I know someone who knows the person. So that way, I can really feel confident that I understand what this person is about for the most part. And to see that right off the bat, is this really you think there's a possibility of this being a match rather than having to go four miles down the road before you realize, well, this is not a good fit because I can talk to that person or know somebody knows them and they can give me the, the truth. I had someone, uh, uh, an author or speaker, I borrowed something that they'd said years ago where the question was asked, who are you lending your credibility to? Yeah. And I love that when we go and we start talking uh, f- uh, with candidates for positions in our uh, local context that 
it that one degree separation is so important. Yeah. That who do I know that is going to tell me that this person is solid and that they vouch for them and that their credibility is being given to this person for our benefit? Yeah. I, I, I love that. Now, there are times, though, we are big networkers, and that's just not, right. not like, you know, A-list networkers. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, we take it seriously. Yeah. I mean, we just had a networking lunch on our campus for pastors multi-denominationally. Yeah just so we can all network That's with cool. each other, right? Right. So we place a high value on that, and because of that, we just happen to have a lot of relationships by God's grace. Yeah. But there are times when sure. our network is not going to provide a candidate. Sure. So we have to do something different. Yeah. And the typical way to do that today is search firm. Yeah. So how do you feel about search firms? Well, it's growing on me. It was, it was new that the church here used a search firm to, to find me. Hmm. Uh, so that was a new experience. Can we make a plug here for our new sponsor? <laughs> Who was that person? What was that search firm? Vanderblumen. Oh, William yeah. William Vanderblumen personally selected you for this position. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. Uh, rolled the dice. But so, because these people know how to interview. They know what they're looking for. They know how to read resumes. So I think that's that's a growing uh, phenomenon, and I think it's it's healthy because they do meet with the church. They get kind of what the church is looking for, but they, they know the red flags. They know the things that, I mean, because everybody's putting their best foot forward, so these guys kind of know how to ask those penetrating questions to get down to the nitty-gritty. Yes, and since I did throw out Vanderblumen, I do, in all fairness, need to throw out Slingshot, another company that's yeah. doing significant work. Uh, you've got church staffing. Uh, you've got uh, Shepherds, uh, David Lyons, yeah. Shepherd Staff, yeah, Shepherd Staff, and uh, also a new one that I just found out about, and indeed. I can't remember the na- indeed. indeed. Come on, no, no. okay. Uh, n- there is, uh, there are some boutique groups coming up. Like one of them only hires worship pastors across the country, and it. They do an incredible job. If, you, if you're listening to this and you'd like more information on that, please contact me at ccass, C-C-A-S-S, at firstburleson.org. I'm happy to share that information with yeah. you that I can't remember right now. Google search firms that look for worship pastors. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? That seems so easy. Okay, there's one other thing I want to talk about uh, for sure because we both experienced this on both sides, which we can share, I think, testimony at this point. Yeah. Talk about, uh, this is a big do not. Oh, uh, so, yes, yeah, so this is a do not do. Do I need donuts? Poaching, did I say, no. Oh. Poaching eggs, poaching staff from other churches. <laughs> okay, let's talk about that for a minute. Really? What? No, I, th- I think we need to. I do too. Right? So tell me, what, what is poaching from other churches? Well, just when you go to another church staff and just take one of their staff members, which, again, we, we, you know, staff members move. We, we change churches. That's a common thing. It's just when you go after that person without really speaking to the pastor, I mean, it's, you see this person's a rock star and you just want to go take them, which I think, great. You see that, you notice that, hey, I'd love to have that person on my staff. Let's, let's do it the right way. Let's have conversations. Let's go to the pastor. And, you know, maybe that person's ready to leave or maybe not. But I think there are good ways to handle that that doesn't cause division and strife between churches, especially if they're in the same local area. Okay, so that that is such a key point you just made. I was getting ready to just push back on you a little bit. So if a pastor in Baltimore is targeting uh, one of our incredible staff members like a Michael Glenn, right? Yes. And they want to hire him and take them to D.C. or Baltimore area, a totally different issue 
yeah. than when you have a church in your local community that is trying to hire the staff from your local church. Right, right. To serve in your local community. Yeah, and Michael Glenn is not the real name, so no one come looking for a Michael Glenn, <laughs> right? So, but yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and that happens. But even then, I think a conversation with the pastor to say, hey, you know, we've got this position. We think your guy or your gal is the right one. We'd love to talk to you about this because we'd love to have them. And that's, that's more of a sending. That's more of a launching. It's more of a kingdom mindset. But when you're in the same neighborhood or, you know, we've heard horror stories of staff members leaving and going to a church across the street or two blocks down or starting a church that way. Ouch. That's just painful for the whole kingdom and for the name of Christ. I do, I do think, again, as a, as a pragmatist, I, I think that it is almost too much to ask. It sometimes, in some situations, it's an ideal that you're you're making, right. which I agree oh, with. Yeah. It yeah. would be beautiful for that to but happen. You would think in Christianity, maybe you would, but there's so <laughs> much fear. There's so much fear about yeah. our jobs as professionals, which you know me. I, I'm just yeah. I'm totally against the whole concept of us being professionals. I think we act like professionals, but we're pastors. Yeah, right. That we are not professionals. Yeah, uh, as if we're building career constantly. But the the point being that. Most of the context of local church, if you went up to your senior pastor and you said, hey, you know what? I'm thinking that I might be taking this job over here. Yeah. Well, I mean, for a lot of senior pastors, because I don't know if you're aware, a lot of senior pastors are a little bit crazy. <laughs> that the they would not have the strength to be able to handle that. and yeah. would say, you know what? You're right. I think well, they are looking at you, and perhaps <laughs> you have two weeks to make that change. And it doesn't matter whether they are or not. You're out. Yeah. Right. I know, and that's insecurity and shouldn't be that way, but I realize that's the reality, which is a shame. We ought to be able to have those kind of conversations. I remember uh, I've been on both sides of this coin, unfortunately, on local poaching. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so local poaching, my story there is actually the bad side. I did the wrong thing. Ah. Uh, there was a... Tell me more. I, I, was, <laughs> I was serving in another place, not where I currently serve, and uh, there was a youth pastor who yeah. was an absolute stud that was uh, unhappy in his current work and actually was on the way out. Uh, the church had given him a timeline of transition. And so I, he popped on my radar his talent that was available and was close by that we didn't have to move to come to us. <laughs> it's a huge savings for us. It's fantastic. And yeah. he's incredible, right? Yeah. yeah. We hired him. I mean, quick, mm. as fast as we could. Yeah. And I'll never forget the senior pastor calling me, who I, I had known for a long time. Yeah. Wow. He was livid. I guess so. Uh, because I did not. I, I know. <laughs> it was a jerk move. So I'm just saying that we've been on the side of the fence yeah. where we've been hurt by this. Yeah. But I just want to, out of confession, say I've done that too. Mm. And for that, I apologized to him. Uh, and I uh, hope I learned my lesson in that. Yeah. So when I first became a full-time minister, here's a, a phrase I don't know the church uses very much, Yeah. but it was, uh, it was very frustrating to me when I first went into ministry full-time. In the corporate world, we have this phrase called professional courtesy, <laughs> yeah. right? If a doctor calls another doctor out of professional courtesy, yeah. they actually will return each other's phone calls, oh. right? Wow. For some reason, so weird, if a CEO calls another CEO out of courtesy professional, they're going to talk. I guarantee it. Yeah. In the church world, that is not the way. They don't do that. It is so strange. Yeah. I call another executive pastor. Uh, if they don't know me or have heard of me, the chance that they're going to call me back is pretty small. Yeah. And it's so strange. Why is that, Ronnie? I don't know. 
Uh, first of all, thank you for your time of confession. Uh, <laughs> I've never done that, I'm proud to say. <laughs> You've never poached? I've never poached. Okay. But talking about poaching and the do-nots, now I, I'm hungry for eggs and donuts. Um, I'm sorry, you had a question? What was the question? I don't know. I forget. You interrupted me. I'm uh, sorry. Good night. <laughs> well. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Crazy Pastors. As always, if well, you have I hate a crap to, to edit this. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for this episode of Crazy Pastors. As always, if you have a Crazy Pastor story to share or you would like us to discuss a specific topic, please email those to us at crazypastors at firstburleson.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Later. Later.